Hi, Mamas. Or Mamas to be. I'm Kayla. And I'm Tara. And welcome, welcome to, to Motherhood, Motherhood Leaked. We're two first time mums leaking unfiltered tales of motherhood. Being there, getting there, and possibly getting lost along the way. Let's, Let's chat. chat. May contain swearing. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Motherhood Leaked. Hi, Kayla. Hi, Tara. How are you? I'm good. That was a really fun episode. That was a really fun episode. Well, fun is in like, it gave me good vibes after a couple of days of just feeling in a bit of a slump. Yep. And I'm back out. It's great. That's good. How are you And feeling? I was really surprised too, because I didn't know a lot about um, Tash, who we interviewed, mm. or what Tash did, mm. and it was very insightful. I'm, yeah. It was, and we'll get to that. But what anything exciting happening this week <laughs> happened this week? No, uh, because I have a toddler and he was sick again. Oh. And can I just say, I thought it was, um, I'm just going to take something. I thought it was just a cold because he, we went to Melbourne, got back, he'd had a cold, it was just consistent, snotty nose. And I was like, he's just got the never ending cold. But then he's started to get worse and he's got fevers. And Mm. I looked in one of his ears and noticed there was a lot of buildup. And I was like, oh God, we've got to go to the doctors. He never complained. Like he was really upset and was having a really hard time. Um, I was using Nurofen and Panadol. Yeah. And he just wouldn't settle and he never once said, like, except to the last day when I took him to the doctors and he was like, my ear hurts. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he just didn't complain about it. And, like, mm. he can speak quite well, as you know. Yeah. He usually tells me where he's hurting and he would just say my legs hurt or my arm hurts or mm, like everything else hurt except yeah. his ear, the poor little thing. Oh. And so I took him to the doctors and they were like, uh, yeah, both eardrums are about to rupture. He's got ear infections in both ears. Yikes. And I was like felt like a bad mum because I was like just thought he had a little cold I know I remember when he called me and me that but I know it's hard and like I said to you on the phone like it's hard when you they can't tell you yeah and like you're doing all that you can yeah and like Elliot was the same he's had one ear infection and it was a few months ago and he's actually it did rupture and I felt so guilty because I was like how did it get to this point but he was the same he actually it wasn't even that long of him being unwell it was like within 12 hours yeah he just went downhill like yeah sickness so it's never ending it. yeah so look but I, you're not a bad mum you're no, a great mum you. you're doing all that you could thank you and look they haven't ruptured so with the medication she said they most likely will mm. we've been three days or four days since the doctors and they mm-hmm. haven't ruptured thank god because she's like if they do you've got to have six weeks of swimming yeah that was us oh no and i was like no we can't, can't do, do that. that by the time i'll have a baby like in like, I don't even know how long, two, like two weeks after that, six weeks after that. Oh my oh, God. Oh no. Well, I'm glad. Let's keep crossing fingers that he's on the healing path. Yes. So this is, yeah, we're getting better. That's good. I can't even <laughs> remember what day it is today to even think about what happened this week. Oh, we so did good. have my probably uh, in toddlerhood anyway, babyhood sleep, not great. Toddlerhood has been somewhat better. Yeah. Until, uh, do you reckon it was it like Wednesday night? I can't remember. I'm asking. Yeah, it was this Wednesday night. It I was Wednesday you night. And was like, this is what's happening. <laughs> so essentially, Elliot did not sleep from 12 a.m., like midnight, until the following day, 5 p.m., like 5 30. Like he did not How? sleep. He just woke up and he was happy. And I know that there's probably a lot of people going, like, oh my God, like, what's wrong with your child? Don't worry. That voice was in my head too. But. <laughs> He was but soldiering on. He was so happy. Like he, we we laid in bed for like that. two hours initially. I was like, I'm not getting up. Were you like, getting frustrated? Um, it was weird. Were you that past night, that now? I was actually, yeah, most uh, not past it in the sense that I'm perfect. Yeah. And like some nights I do that. At that night, I actually was oddly a bit awake as well. So like, at first I was like, it's fine. He's content. Like I I find it more hard to not be frustrated, which is not the best. But like you know when they're like really at you and you're yeah. like, it's the middle of the night. And you're yes, tired. Yeah. Like we can all relate to that. Um, he was actually pretty content to just cuddle and like he wasn't asleep and he kept just rolling around and doing his thing. Um, but it got to like 2.30 and my body was like, 
just trying to go to sleep and my obviously my I'm brain is crying. like I need to stay awake for this child but my yeah. body was shutting down and I was like this I got to get up so we got up read books for an hour and he was still like wide awake so we just put the tv on yeah we watched some movies nice. and sun came up well no I went back to bed at 5 30 before the sun came up we did the partner swap <laughs> um nice. and tag team tag team and he soldiered on and he did fall asleep in the car. So Troy took him to the cafe so I could get an hour's sleep before Troy nice. had to go to work. Um, and he did fall asleep in the car like two minutes before Troy pulled up. And Elliot does transfer really well out of the car if he's ever had to. Um, but Troy bumped his head on the door. <laughs> oh, my God. So he bumped his head on the door. So he literally had a, like, a power nap all. of two minutes in that space of time. And I don't know how, <sighs> but it even got to that like that day, no meltdowns. He was happy. We went to play groups and like kids are taking toys and he's just content with life. Oh my God. He was rolling with it. Got to 5.30 and I'm like, this kid's got to go to bed. Like yeah. I'm winding this kid down. We're yeah. shutting this situation You're probably waiting down. for the meltdown. You're probably like, what's the meltdown? I was waiting for the meltdown. I think I asked bed. you that. I'm like, has he broken down? And yet? he didn't. And he was still at like, I don't know what was going on in that system, but it was getting an Give upgrade. Me some Software of that, upgrade, Elliot. something was happening. I need it. And he, yeah, I need some of that energy. But anyway, oh he God. did sleep. So for any mamas out there, toddlerhood, babyhood, your babies will sleep. <laughs> And that was my highlight of the week. <laughs> I can't believe Troy. Highlight, low light, not sure. I think it was more of a highlight for myself in the sense that I did cope with it very well. Yeah. I looked work. back and was like, yeah, I kept my cool pretty good. Yeah. That's um, a long stretch. Like that's yeah. not just like a little, you know, they were up two hours in the middle of the night, which is yeah. sometimes hard enough. And I enough. think it does, talk, like it is a bit of like a testament to both Troy and I in the sense that we've learned how to adapt in these situations and yeah. support each other Yeah, um, to just get through and, you know. You get like you get better at that as they get older. Yeah, definitely. Oh my god! But anyway, in this week's episode, we have got um, Tash Duffin Duffin from yes. Whole Child Co. Um, she is an oral like an OT. She specialises in oral function, um, in baby sleep, reflux. We chatted all those things. I actually. Um, yeah, I talk about in my journey how I came across her with Elliot's sleep and some oral function stuff. Um, but I did want to say we are going to be uploading this episode's video to YouTube. It'll be our first one, which I'm excited about. Maybe second, who knows? Well, it just depends. We'll but anyway, um, but <laughs> no I want to say if you hear something in there that she's describing, it is worth going and having a look at the video because she does use some like hand gestures in it that really show well what she's trying to say. Um, so that will be up on YouTube at our YouTube channel, which will be Motherhood Leaked. Um, but yeah, let's just jump in. Yeah, let's do it. If you're based on the Gold Coast, Bump Southport offers a community for all women. Whether you're returning to or starting your fitness journey, Bump has something for you. Particularly if you're pregnant or postpartum. And Tara, should we mention that you can have a shower after a class and even wash your hair while your kid is in the creche? And Kayla, don't worry about a towel because they supply them, as well as tea and coffee, and you can drink it while it's hot. I know, this sounds all too good to be true, but head on over to Bump Southport and check them out for yourself. Hi, and welcome to Motherhood League. Natasha, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. That's okay. We're so excited to have you here. Yeah, me too. Glad to, happy to chat. Yeah, I um, was telling, telling Tara before we jumped on to record how you and I actually got in contact and how I discovered you when my depths of motherhood sleep deprivation when Elliot yeah. was I think I actually can't remember I was trying to tell her I think he was around 11 months from memory around um, about yeah he would drink, yeah and I mean yeah. you work with probably a lot of children my say. child is probably the last one on your mind no but, but you know I remember random things like I remember it was the picture of my son that we were like how did you know what to do I can still remember oh, which that's was. right oh, oh we're gonna have to random go right memory. into this so before we do though can you t- introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do 
Yeah, sure. I, so my name's Tash. I'm a OT by trade, and um, but I do, which is occupational therapy, but I'm quite a um, not not regular OT in practice. So what I do is I do work with sleep and sleep quality. So from infancy, like newborn, all the way through to of early childhood and childhood really. Um, so really concerned with uh, that kids are getting quality sleep, not just about babies on routines and settling and that kind of stuff. Um, and a big part of that is airway and oral function um, and craniofacial development and all that kind of thing. So that all feeds into that. Um, I've also got some training in um, infant reflux, which um, as these things happen is often very much linked to oral function. Um, so we've got that kind of thing and paediatric feeding training as well. So it all kind wow. of, I started out just as, oh, let's do like sleep. And then as I did it, I was like, that doesn't make sense. And I mm. kept grabbing all these other things. So now, even if I'm looking at sleep, I'm looking at all those other things because sleep doesn't exist in a silo, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really cool so, that you recognize that because I think that um, mm. it's important, like you said, to know that like, yeah, when you're looking at sleep, there are so many things that can filter into the root cause of why the sleep isn't nice and yeah, easy. <laughs> easy for the parents anyway. Was there anything in your own parenting journey that led you to focus on sleep? Did you have, um, did your children have trouble sleeping or was there anything like that? Yeah, well, so my first, um, I thought she had trouble sleeping because I read a book and the, she didn't follow what the book said a baby should do. So yeah. I thought both <laughs> her and I were useless yep. and it gave me a lot of anxiety. Now I just know, oh, actually she was a baby um, yeah. <laughs> and she does, so she didn't read that stupid book. Um, <laughs> How dare so, she? <laughs> um, yeah, she's behind her times. Um, <laughs> so I... Once I kind of, then my second was coming along and I was like, oh, like this feels, you know, I want to learn more about this. So um, I did a, um, and to be honest, I was like, oh, I want free kids. I might as well go and do a course rather than, <laughs> <laughs> then I'll know everything. Yeah. Um, and so I did a regular kind of course and then I was like, ah, just, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense that that's it. And coming from a health science background, thinking like, okay, well, you know, okay, this is a routine, but why? Or why did the, like, where's the science behind it? Why? Yeah. And just More kept questions. going, why, 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 and why? And then my second and third, as it turns out, which is why I've really, you know, I've got lived experience, but also um, professional experience are both what we call airway kids with oral dysfunction and all those types of things and intolerances yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So I've certainly lived the experience and gone through that kind of all that, second guessing myself am I kind of overreacting should I ask who do I ask yeah. for help mm. there is an where do I start <laughs> yeah. yeah um so getting through that uh so an actual fact so my kids have got um more and more complicated as they've gone along so it turns <laughs> out my first was actually a dream <laughs> and uh, my third is you know lots and lots of things that have come up but thankfully I have been at a point where um I know I know what to do with them um so yeah, yeah and I love and that's a blessing help families yeah yeah, yeah and, that, and like you mentioned like and now it's all coming back to me with your son I remember seeing that post because I was in the depths of where like Elliot was experiencing allergies um yeah, on top of that his sleep was just like in some regards it was very much typical of a of a, of a normal Maybe. child like <laughs> there isn't anything particularly wrong but it, it's that point of the anxiety around trying to get to the bottom of it and um, mm. I remember saying to you like, yeah, how did you know what to do? Cause I was trying everything and 
yeah, it was, um, it was interesting. So can you tell us about like exactly what oral function or even dysfunction is if someone's listening and they just don't know? Yeah. I was yeah, saying to sure. Kayla, like, you know, like I know what oral is and I know what function is and like dysfunction, but when you put it together, it felt like I, you know, I researched you a little bit before we, we yeah, came yeah. on, but yeah, I'd definitely be interested myself to know more. Yeah, so it, I guess it stems from the field of orofacial myofunctional therapy, um, which is about how we use the muscles um, of our face and our tongue. And it's really like it's throughout the lifespan, but the importance of it in infancy and toddlerhood, I guess infancy, it's pretty obvious, like they're going to get milk for nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's some dysfunction there, like the tongue's not moving properly or the muscles are imbalanced or things like their mouth breathing, which is another big um, sign of oral dysfunction. So the the I guess, but the milk transfer is the big thing in, in early infancy and affecting, you know, weight gain and um, <laughs> enjoyment if you're having to triple feed mm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So it's really clear in infancy. But then as... Um, because the way we use our muscles and the way we breathe and where our mouth rests um, shapes how our face forms over life by having optimal oral function and optimal oral rest posture. So those goals being lip seal, tongue elevated to the palate and nose breathing all the time. So when we're doing that and we're doing things like um, chewing our food and drinking out of ever challenging, um, you know, cups. So like, for example, steering away from things like sippy cups, working on open cups or little straw cups, things like that. So when we use our jaws and our lips and our, and we breathe through our nose as we should, we optimize the way our face grows. So when which means breathing's easier etc etc and we can avoid things like braces and all that kind of stuff so when we have dysfunction it's particularly in early childhood it kind of it essentially compounds so for example if we have um I'll use an example of like my daughter so she had um uh, a, a tongue tie that was missed yeah so with that tongue tie came um she swallowed a lot of air so which would have would people would call reflux but is actually air induced reflux so that reflux caused her milk and stomach acid to come back up into the back of her throat and her nose which caused congestion that congestion caused her to mouth breathe because she couldn't breathe through her nose because there's too much inflammation and mucus Mm. there because this part of your body is not meant to have mucus yeah so that mouth breathing reinforced that low tongue rest posture she then developed a um, thumb sucking habit to yeah. um, because her tongue couldn't rest on the roof of her mouth and stimulate that nerve, so she stuck her thumb in. So then we've got um, her, her, her palate's high, her teeth come out, she's got open mouth, and it just kind of keeps oh, moving mm, and compounding yeah. mm. forward and forward. So yeah. the beauty of the things uh, when we notice things in little, little tiny babies, and, you know, and she's only four now and we're, we're kind of on that path, but unfortunately I didn't find out this stuff till um, <laughs> just that top fraction bit too. I, I guess I learned with her. Um, she's almost five. Um, that, uh, yeah, if we we can make these small changes really, really early on, we can, like if, if her tongue tie, for example, had been identified, mm. we could have prevented yeah. that um, mm. aerophasia, that inflammation, yeah. da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, so 
oral what we're what we're always looking at is oral optimizing oral function which is that um nose breathing lip seal and tongue to the palate they're our ultimate goals so there can Mm -hmm. be lots of different things in the way of that Mm -hmm. um and so that would be oral dysfunction i suppose wow and that's really something that um drew my attention to you as well because i knew with elliot i'd always observed him at certain times mouth breathing Um, And that was one of my concerns that I remember being on Google and like all the places reading about it. And there's like any topic, there's conflicting information, but the mouth breathing is something that's being more brought to the light around how it does cause, yeah, sleep issues and just Mm. functional issues. Um, Could you, well, something that I just was thinking about though, aside from that is the mouth breathing with the tongue tie. So Mm. I don't know about you, Tara, but like in my, my newborn journey, um, there was actually mums around me who the, the children were experiencing really obvious signs of a tongue tie. So mm-hmm. like to do with feeding and yep. like not being able to latch. Um, and then in my journey, I can't say we've ever had Elliot assess. I don't think personally we've had him assessed correctly. Like I don't think anyone who's qualified has properly mm-hmm. assessed him, but also the struggle for me. And it's kind of just bringing it all back to my mind now to be like, Oh, maybe I'd get, I should get this reassessed just cause he's mm-hmm. that little bit older now. Um, is that he always fed well, like yep. he fed well, he was gaining weight. Well, um, for the most part was fairly settled. It was just his yep. sleep was like, has always never been um but yeah so can is there yeah any insight you can give to uh, to anyone listening who is unsure about the tongue tie path because i feel like it is something that gets brought i would have no idea what to look for in a tongue tie to say the truth like Mm. i would i've never known yeah i've never never looked into it really yeah yeah so it's it's a very um it can be a really contentious issue Mm. (laughs) um and there are certainly um lots of health professionals that poo-poo the whole idea of it and um Mm. think you know like it's all a load of rubbish and then there's obviously the other end of the spectrum people that think any any kind of restriction or any freedom needs releasing Mm -hmm. um and I guess I um my coming from an OP, OT sorry background, my opinion is very much we've always got to look at the function. Mm. So the sometimes depending on where you're at in terms of um, age wise, the function can because because feeding is instinctual, babes can compensate really well early mm. on. Mm-hmm. That's where we've got to kind of that's it's and I say you've got to find someone who's um, qualified which is very much because even IBCLCs, GPs, PEDs are not trained in oral function. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speeches, OTs, none of us learn it at uni. It's Mm -hmm. all stuff that you go on and learn yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and to be honest like most professionals I know like IBCLCs or PEDs, uh, sorry uh, speeches, those of us that have done that work have probably done it most most of us have done it because we've lived it mm-hmm. um and because you come from a health science background and that it's all like where's the evidence i've got to do that but because it's kind of like an emerging field that evidence isn't necessarily there yet it's yeah. it's coming for sure um but it's not like you know it's not this really high um these randomized control trials and that kind of mm. stuff that's it's it's coming about but it it doesn't that evidence sorry body of evidence isn't necessarily there yet 
but when you live that and you're and you say aha I can you know there's that anecdotal and there's mm-hmm. there's I can see how that makes a difference mm-hmm. so that, that it is quite a contentious thing so always looking at function looking at the compensations and things like you like really early on say in that first four months it, it's things like the milk suppliers is hormonally driven in that first four months. So babe might actually be able to compensate with pretty poor oral skills because milk supply is hormonally driven. Mm-hmm. But then once that milk supply switches to a supply, um, yeah, supply demand mechanism where the, the breast tissue needs to be stimulated to, to, to um, give the milk, if the oral function is, is no good, it was not very efficient, um, then it, the breast misses out on that um stimulation so then Mm. the milk supply will drop off Mm -hmm. so it's it's you might might be able to get away with it here and then it becomes a problem so it's it is it is really really tricky the other thing is that it's not easy to diagnose because there's no oh there's no like check boxes Mm -hmm. it's certainly not just a look under the tongue it's about the whole function all the different movements um and yeah, so there's there's a lot to it, and I think that's also why in the medical community it's quite difficult because we like diagnostic criteria. Mm-hmm. That, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely doesn't people want to tick things off the list. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, did I answer that? I yeah. No, you definitely yeah, did. That question. that makes sense, and yeah. I think it, what you were just saying then it really does talk to that way of looking at your own child and if you have any concerns then investigating really because yeah. like yeah, yeah for, it's easy to go well these are the things I could be worried about but actually yeah how is my child coping yeah. and functioning and is it impacting them or not because in in your opinion do you think that they are children or people who have tongue ties who just learn to compensate and in a quite healthy way like is it like with things in the body how you can just learn to be with it like I think um so a lot of so I'm like I come across a lot. Be the mum and the dad and the, and mm-hmm. the child, um, and the dad might say, "Well, why are we mum? You know, mum's doing yeah. the feeding and them coming in. And we're like, oh, and this like to and fro. Do we release it? Or do we not? Mm-hmm. And for example, dad might say, "Well, I've got a tongue tie and I'm fine." Yeah. But then I hit, you know, you think, okay, well, you had braces twice and you snore, yeah. and so mm. what? What is our fine? And mm. um. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, no, yeah, nothing bad. Oh, I'm starting to question myself because I had braces, like, quite <laughs> a bit too. on the bike growing up, and I yeah, snore. Me too. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Me too. Yeah. And I had, a, I had braces for years. My teeth were so bad. Same. Mine was shocking. Like, I had, like, multiple teeth put out because yeah. I could not fit in. And my I am mouth. a mouth breather. Yeah. Same. Oh, look at us. We're like, ah! stop it, stop it. <laughs> Aside from that, I'm also ticking oh, in the back of my mind, like yeah. I really need to get Elliot reassessed now because like he does, like like I said to you, Tash, when we went through it, like he was displaying some signs of oral dysfunction. Um, yeah. And you did do an assessment on him at the time, distance. We were like over online doing it. Can you tell mm. tell us about that, like and how that process worked? Because I actually can't remember a lot of what we did. I just so heard how that you to got, assess it. Yeah, that, well, yeah. No, well, what, Tash, what you do in that case. Yeah, like, when how I, I came assess to, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so to assess online is actually fairly easy because mm-hmm. I'm looking at the function. So, if you're in front of me and we're in rooms, yes, I can. Well, depending on the age, little babies, I can get my fingers in mouth. Toddlers, it's impossible. So yeah. I'm oh, yeah. still stood. I'm stood across the room like I'm virtual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so you, I, you send through a whole. It's a questionnaire, so it's all these signs and symptoms and mm. history and all, like 
the all of that all the words they give me lots and lots of information but then I'll assess feeding so breast bottle drink um food crying photos just of the mm. face so I can see oral rest posture if their little baby's like lying on the floor to see if I can see any kind of tension that they hold in their body all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff so we're looking at the whole body um representation and the whole body picture but looking at the function so dysfunction say with bottle or breastfeeding is really really easy to spot when you've got that trained eye and you know what you're looking for the it, it's you know and I still remember feeding my um third and like she had like raging oral dysfunction and I remember going to the IBCLC and like I don't know why is it like why am I still bleeding it's eight weeks and I like it hurts and she was like oh you know just wear the nipple guard and then you just get so used to all like I've got a video of her and I'm like oh my god like that is just the most she's clicking and popping and snorting and popping off and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. but because you do it 40 times a day well not really hours and hours and so many times a day you're just like well that's normal for us that's so whatever you're doing is your normal and you're sitting down there gazing yeah. down at them for hours yeah. so that's normal mm. but when you know the signs to look for and the dysfunction it's really 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 obvious, obvious. In yeah yeah and it was so definitely valuable yeah I was going to say at the time I did get a lot of reassurance at that time like in the sense of having somebody else look at it and kind of validate some of the concerns I had at the time I did come to this conclusion of like I'm going to give it some more time because he was going through allergies um that's right yeah at the time like there was lots of different things were coming up with allergies um also yeah just that like there was a lot that he was doing quite well. And I think you and I, I remember having a conversation. It could just be that he needed to be a bit older and reassessing yeah. when he was older. Um, but it was very much helpful for if there is any other mums out there who are in that place of like, what is going on? Yeah. If you have mm. any concerns, like I, I heart, like that was, so, it was really that kind of breath of fresh air that I needed at that time, not to just, yeah, go to a doctor and not really get that. You don't really ever get validated at the doctors, I don't think. So <laughs> it was nice. It was very helpful is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. So in your profession, this is a question that I've been dying to ask because my son does love these, um, dummies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you a yay or nay? Because my son is obsessed and I'm trying to figure out whether to get rid of them before I have my next baby or whether yep. just to hold on to them as like a safety security blanket for myself. <laughs> I love how you how old is he now? You. It's filled at me. <laughs> um, so he's two and two months and yep. I'm due in September. Okay. Congrats. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, so I, I, from a pure, purely orofacial myofunctional perspective, mm-hmm. um, they can be, and I guess from a, you know, infant feeding perspective really early on in those first kind of six months they can be really really good they can be great for like strengthening suck and obviously calming and soothing and for reflux babes they get the help with the um you know saliva production for comfort from that from the um stomach acid so they can be really really useful from that perspective from an oral function perspective the ideal situation is to give it up completely by six months or um then from six to 12 months if you can't drop it completely um then use it just for sleep yeah so from so that's easy to say from an oral function perspective in terms of like then looking at the regulation perspective and all that kind of stuff obviously that's that brings in different variables to yeah. the um 
to the to the equation. Um, so th then I guess the next thing is, yeah, around about two, two and a half is then when they have that kind of more, that cognitive capacity to be like, okay, I understand why this is what what's happening here. Yeah. Um, to, if you want to, if you're ready to take them away. So the reason that from an um, oral function perspective, we like to see them you know less less use from well from, not at all from six or less use until between that six and 12 months yeah. it's because what it does to the tongue so optimal oral rest posture is with that tongue suctioned to the palate there yeah. and then with the lip seal so with a dummy in the mouth that's completely impossible so we also will activate um and this can be an issue and it can be, cannot be an issue for some babes it's you know it's just things that can or can't happen but we'll be using different muscles to, to do to do all this so we can get some st strong muscles around here and some um, beautiful developed cheeks <laughs> <laughs> um they do have gorgeous cheeks um so but it um can create real those really strong muscles but the big thing is the tongue mm. tongue position and the i guess a, a good thing to talk about here is the different shapes of dummies so an orthodontic yeah. dummy is literally an oxymoron like that's not a thing <laughs> it's, oh, it's yeah oh my god so those so they if we think about anything so they're actually a little bit flat and then you've got those big cherry yeah, style dummies right. but they all kind of push that tongue down onto the floor of the mouth so what that apart from we're using these other muscles it basically I always think of it like deconditions the tongue. So it just means that even once that dummy's out, it's probably not going to go up there just because it's not not used to going there. Yeah. Um, and also when it falls out when you sleep, if some babies will do that, but if yeah. lots of kids will have their tongue down and their mouth open as the dummy falls out. So there are better shapes of dummies that you yeah. can choose from early on. Okay. So the basically the ones that look like your little finger there's a um phillips avent soothie yep. is a really good one um or the, the best best one particularly if you're breastfeeding is called a nini co pacifier okay. um it's got a wide base and a little so um so it's got like a little finger and then this wide base so it encourages that wide latch and it right. encourages the tongue to do this the peristaltic movement that the that we want for feeding yeah um and then the little and the that kind of stuff gets the tongue cupping around it so that that most babies don't really like them yeah. <laughs> to start with because they're work. Gotta yeah. work they have it, yeah. to okay, work right. to keep it mm. but it's good work it's the work that we want on those ones and that's why sometimes um, therapists will use those to um, styles of dummy for um, for strengthening the suck in base because okay. it's getting that tongue doing this wave like movement and getting yeah. it cupping around the um, around the dummy. So and you know like it's it also depends on the frequency duration and intensity. If your babe yes. just goes sucks a little bit and gets rid of it, yeah. closes the mouth and goes to sleep, fine. But then other kids might just be sucking super super hard on it all day. Yeah. Um, and might have a little open bite, like literally a hole in their uh, teeth where yeah, the yeah. where the dummy or, or the thing okay. is in all the time. So it's yeah. it's it's really individualized. Not, the good yeah. thing is that if you get rid of it, like around now, um, the and, and you get those oral habits happening, um, like lip seal and and tongue to the palate, 
they're still so really they're so moldable still mm, yeah. so we can see some really that's great change <laughs> yeah oh that's good uh, yeah <laughs> And look, he, is, I, he we use him for sleep primarily. Mm, yeah. He'll have like five in his cot um, and he never sleeps with them. Like he'll, mm. it'll soothe him to sleep. He'll spit them out. And yeah. then as soon as, if he wakes up in the middle of the night, he'll find it, soothe himself. And but then get still, rid of it. Yeah, get rid yeah. of it. So that's minimal. That's minimal use mm. as opposed yeah. to. Um, Definitely comfort for him and I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if it's only a little bit, you know, and, um, and it works um, and maybe even just a, a good, place to start would be taken to the dentist and see what kind of impact it's got it, it is having if yeah doesn't have an open bite and he's otherwise got closed mouth rest posture and you know like maybe yeah. you can that's a good idea because i've never even thought about taking him to the dentist this early to be honest like but that's mm. good just to get him assessed i mean it couldn't mm. hurt yeah yeah because then it might just give yourself give you a bit of peace of mind whether like okay maybe we need to expedite <laughs> this or yeah let's try and shift it um yeah yeah Oh, great. No, thank you. you that was great. Enough, yeah, I do feel better. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Good to know. And on the topic of, I guess, still on sleep with, you know, using soothing and things, what is your top tip on baby sleep? Yes. Okay. As a mother of three and in your role, what is yep. your top tip? So I like this question because it's not like, oh, you've got to teach them to self soothe yeah. or whatever. It is literally what works for your family works for your family. Like, mm. You can do awake times. You can do routines. It doesn't matter. You can feed to sleep. You can work towards more independent settling. It doesn't matter. Like you can have good sleep and good sleep for you doesn't have to be good sleep for your sister-in-law. Like there can be (laughs) different, (laughs) like, yeah, it's, it's, and as I mentioned at the start, like that, that book and that kind of like, yeah the anxiety it's it's I think comparison is is the thief of joy and if it's working for you then it's working for you and there is it's we're not robots babies aren't robots we were different people before we were parents why we all expected to parent in the exact same way like we all enjoy different things and we all have different personalities and all that kind of stuff so that it's what works works and you can certainly try and improve things and like maybe you're a routine person and you really try and get your baby onto a routine and it doesn't work and you've got to kind of readjust but that's okay to acknowledge okay I like routine let's Mm. try this I guess Mm -hmm. what you do is you try and see if that works for your baby if it doesn't you can go okay well that's the first time I'm going to have to adjust in my life for yes. this guy because it's going to keep happening for the rest of my life but I've tried yeah. um so don't kill I guess don't kill yourself trying to achieve something just because you you know well uh like yeah because you've read it in a book or whatever you can always find a ground that works yeah. for you and equally I guess the other thing is like it doesn't have to be hard like if you're finding it hard mm. um I guess examining why that is, is it expectation versus what is reality or is there um, is there some troubles with the sleep um, and asking the right type of professional to go, hey, this is, I'm finding this difficult. I think there might be something up. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to kind of push through basically. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things, especially like when you first had the baby and especially in mother's groups and things like that, sleep is all that's just talked about. For the first 12 months. Yeah. Oh, easily. my God. Easily. Like, lack of what's wrong with my baby. They don't sleep. I Kayla, and that's how we connected. That's how we connected. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> yeah. our kids just didn't sleep. <laughs> didn't we're like, not sleep. how many hours did you get last night? Two, three? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah it is just such a major thing and you do mm. put a lot of pressure on yourself and everyone yeah. you know there are other people like, oh my baby sleeps you know 10 12 hours and you're like oh my god what am i doing wrong yeah. when like you said everyone's different i think we've reflected a lot on that i think you we... get that insight when you go through it the first time and you would know this being a mom of three <laughs> and like tara probably you're going in the second time probably not having as much anxiety yeah, hopefully. In that regard. Like, so pretty, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you've already said yes, how I know, you want I have, to I, I do. Like, I, I feel like I'm more self-aware now and um, we'll look at things differently. Yeah, I'm sure. And knowing there's up. a light at the end of the tunnel, don't you think, yeah. as well? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The light either being yeah. that you get sleep or you just learn how to cope with yeah. the fact that you don't. <laughs> coffee, you drink coffee. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just, you just get, you get, you get good. Like, and actually, like, I can, yeah. But, yeah, actually, I will. I will get through the day. Yes, totally. Yeah, definitely. Um, are there, I was going to say, um, what is the main problem area you see in babies and young children when it comes to oral function? Is there one thing that kind of stands out or is it always just different? Um, so I think like because of like the messaging and stuff that I put out and my Instagram and stuff like that, it's always yep. like the, ma- the mouth breathing and tongue tie basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, those are two two big things. Um, so assessing um, the why why mouth breathing is happening so identifying that um and um and yeah helping people navigate the whole tongue-tie situation um yeah yeah Yeah. they're my two big ones well it's really interesting that you um you know thought you know with the reflux how you put it back to the tongue-tie and all that kind of stuff because obviously reflux Mm. is one of those things you get told like at the bait, like oh, I had a really unsettled new- newborn, cried for 10 days straight and everyone was just like, oh, it's reflux, it's reflux, it's reflux without like doing anything or checking or, um, and yeah, I feel like it just comes up so quickly without it actually being looked into. Mm. It's just yeah. a quick thing to be like, quick fix. Yep. They've got reflux. That's you just deal. Well, with- and reflux is actually just, it's not a diagnosis. It's a symptom. Yeah. So it's describing what is happening. So yes. there's, and there's plenty of papers out there now that say like, before we go and prescribe medication, do a feeding assessment because mm-hmm. most of the time it's related to that. Like yeah. there's really good quality papers that say that now. Yeah. Um, and all we're doing when we're giving medication is masking the symptom. We're not addressing the problem. So the and again, easy to say, find someone to do the assessment. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and it might take you three. Sometimes it does take three or four IBCLC, someone like myself or someone, like if you if you feel like something is not quite right, yeah. even if you've had a PED and an IBCLC and a GP say, oh, you're, it, it, you're fine, the latch looks good. If you feel like it's not, you just got to keep, and I know it's exhausting. Um, I've done it myself um, and I deal with people every day that are, I'm like that last person in that process. Mm. Um, but it's worthwhile because yeah. when you, particularly with reflux, when you find out the the cause of the reflux, yeah. then we we don't need to change the acidity of the stomach because we're not vomiting yeah. the air back up anymore. So yes, it is a it's a term like yeah, yeah. everyone's got reflux. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's almost like something that's talked about that I remember being pregnant. I feared having a baby that had reflux in saying that I was a very refluxy baby. Like my parents have always talked about how horrible it was for like the first nine weeks. I projectiled everywhere, every feed, and it was terrible. So I had this like fear and maybe it was my own for being that as a child. But (laughs) I think the thing is like, yeah, if it's great that you just spoke to the fact of like you there, there, it's a symptom. It's not the cause and you can get to the bottom of it. So it's not something to fear. It's just like, okay, this is a symptom. Like as as if you've got a bellyache, like, or if you've got a headache, it's just a symptom. Um, And also good 
to know for people, anyone listening, that you are there and that like they can come to you. It's great. You. Yeah, <laughs> need that. And is like on that, I guess, in the feeding realm, do you have any tips on breastfeeding or bottle feeding that could support healthy oral function in babies is, or infants? Is there anything you can suggest, I guess? Yeah, so, I mean, breastfeeding um, is what we would call nature's palate expander. So yeah. breastfeeding, will, because of the way the um, breast tissue deforms when it's in the oral cavity, it helps shape the palate nice and wide and shallow, which is what we're looking for to um, promote nasal breathing and correct oral rest posture. So when you can do that, that is going to help with oral function and because the breastfeeding also gets that kind of that. It's breastfeeding and bottle feeding use different muscles so that I, I know you didn't ask this but um that's quite, <laughs> quite a, good, we a, a good little thing to know that the, yeah. so the skills are very different for, for breastfeeding and bottle feeding so if you want to do both don't just offer a bottle you know at four days old and then go yep yeah, cool they could do it and then do it again at six months when you want to go to a wedding that that's like the whole right. organization mm-hmm. and knowing what to do can yeah it, it's mm-hmm. just different so if you want to do both you want to do um, regular small bottles consistently so that they maintain both of those skills because they're very, very different. Um, It's really good to know because I didn't know that. (laughs) Yes. And so like uh, if, if, say, you just want to offer milk, like uh, even 30 30 mils of express breast milk or something like tiny every second day or something, like it doesn't even have to be a whole feed. It's just like, okay, well, Dad gives mm-hmm. that one yeah. just to keep up that skill. Break. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because, yes, yeah, very, very different skills. Um, bottle feeding, I mean, there are so many bottles on the market marketed as like a breast. Yeah. Um, and, again, like the orthodontic dummy, most of it is um, a load of rubbish. And yeah. the, the wider ones with the kind of like, the wide and the little thing up there, yeah. they, even though they look more like a breast because they've got a wide base, they actually tend to promote a more like a straw-like um, because uh, latch because like if they're, because um, the base is so wide for babe to get on and, oh, because when on the breast, they would just deform that tissue. But on these hard things, they get on and they go, oop, and they just end up going, because if they're sucking uh, on a straw, on yeah, 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 straw-like rather than being able to get onto the um, base. So mm-hmm. that's that's quite deceiving in terms of they. Yeah, okay, they look like a breast. They're marketed as like a breast. Yeah, actually, it's the total opposite. Mm-hmm. So more those bottles, more like your Dr. Brown than your Pigeon. Yeah. Um, that you can get on and they can get around the base, so they've got more of a right. wider um, latch on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think we use yeah. the Dr. Browns actually when Vo um, was a bit older. Mm. I only ever tried bottle feeding, I think, once. I had a massive, I had a lot of anxiety, looking back, I've had a lot of anxiety in this this motherhood (laughs) journey, but this was a point of it where I was really anxious about interfering with breastfeeding. Like I was really anxious about it. So I delayed, delayed. Um, Then I tried and I I don't think he was, I think he would have been maybe six weeks or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's a good time to start. And I just think, I think I always went to do it and was like, I found a reason not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was probably my own worry. But then I did and he just, he wasn't really interested. And honestly, I could not be bothered to pump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus you already yeah. had that in your mind. You what? like, there's exactly. no point. And if you were happy to do but it. But we did buy the pigeon ones, so. Oh, did you? Yeah, you had did. them there. I had they them there. there. <laughs> it's okay. You know, go do what works. No, but that is interesting. 
again, yeah. isn't it how like what's marketed to us and it is good yes. to actually go away and like do some research of your own in terms of even just yeah, yeah, ex- yeah someone listening to this hopefully can go, okay, like that to be a little bit more especially as a sleep deprived mum too though because oh, you do you gosh, latch onto yeah. those like the labels you latch onto like, well, and you, oh it's like a breast you it's google like, something yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. and then they just in your feet in your feet you're like okay i'll buy it yeah <laughs> stop, this, stop this just that i'm yeah. gonna get it <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that was all very helpful should we go to our last three questions absolutely so at the end of every podcast we always ask the same three questions and i'm very excited to hear your responses particularly for the last question but yeah. for the, for now what is your favorite part of motherhood Oh, I think it is um, like watching, I just love like watching them grow and like learning new things. And it's just it's, it's super things like I know like we all read and we all do this, but like when your kid gets it, you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. little superstar. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just watching them you know, like you were a baby once. Yeah. <laughs> and I know yeah. we all were, but just that kind of, um, yeah, I just love it. Like watching them turn into little real human beings. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah I made is. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I so made proud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love saying that to them. Well, I grew you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess on the flip side of that, what is your least favourite thing or the hardest thing about motherhood? Oh, it would have to be mental load um, yeah. and just all the – all the everything's the and I think particularly with like um I guess talking about the stuff we've been speaking about like the old dysfunction and I think like health and all that kind of stuff yeah that whole um second guessing and just like do I make this appointment don't I man and, and all that kind of stuff yeah. um so man, managing the mental load of like health and yeah like all all, all the Everything, things even working just, like you know working yeah. and then you got three kids and then you got all the oral dysfunction like it's yeah, it's always yeah, something. It's, yeah, yeah. So I think that the, you know, the mental load of the the household, the three kids, the um, being the default parent can yeah. be tiring. And finally, what is your best mum hack? Um, I think really, <laughs> I like being organised. Um, <laughs> I think I just have to be. I think yeah. around meals. Um, I think as being as prepared as I can for yeah. meals is like one of my things that really helps me in terms of um, I meal plan for the whole family for the week. Wow. Um, but also I have always worked off the division of responsibility at meal time. So mm-hmm. I was always like, I'm, I don't want to cook multiple meals. Mm-hmm. None yeah. of my kids like the same meal of course you know we've got one that loves curries one that hates it one that loves bolognese one that hates it (laughs) Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I got too many kids and not enough time so I've always been like we get what's for dinner is for dinner I will separate things I will maybe you know someone might have cooked carrots someone might have raw carrot but we always all have the same meal Yep. Some love people that. don't eat some nights. Yeah, that's okay. Yep. <laughs> I'd let go of that anxiety. <laughs> but yes. other people not eating. But Kayla and I. Very no, much we don't like mind. No, our... <laughs> so wrong. But Tara and I have talked about this before a lot. Yeah. That's very much our philosophy with our boys. Is that yeah. we just offer what's on offer, and if they don't yeah. eat, so be it. Like they yeah. will yeah. eat at some point. Like yeah. you know, and one yes. night they'll eat the exact same the thing that you do, and then the yeah. next night you could have served the exact same thing, and they won't eat any of it. Totally. So, but we're and the I, same. We don't offer. Any I think other... we like we have spoken, and it is a little bit tangent but that's okay so I will say though to anyone listening to this being like what does that even look like 
that it doesn't mean that we're super hard on them and are like, this is no. what we're offering. We're no. very gentle in the fact we're like, it's here if you want, like yeah. you can come back. But also it's very much like last night, Elliot was so tired. It was like 4.45 in the afternoon, he was just wrecked. And you know when your kids are actually tired and they just can't, yeah. life is just too much. Yeah. So he had like, he, we attempted dinner, wasn't much of it had a few meltdowns and he had a squeezy pouch of fruit squeezy in the shower and that's fine. You <laughs> that know, works. so I just want to put that out there to any mums who are like, oh my God, this is another thing I have to do. It's like, you just got to like adapt and follow your gut too because you can't yeah, always yeah. guide you well. Yeah. yeah. And so when you yeah. do the meal planning, I'm keen, look, Kayla and I don't do this, we're not no. that organised. Yeah. Um, do you just sit down like the, a yeah, time you put a, aside a week or? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I just do my, um, I just did it this morning actually. So I just go, okay. I've brought down all the things that we're doing and who's yeah. going to be, you know, home and if we're going to take someone to gymnastics or whatever. So then I go, okay, well, I don't have much time to cook that day. So yeah. that one has to be quick. So then I do football, book, write out my list, do an online shop. Um, yeah. And I go and buy my fruit and veg um, mm-hmm. after this actually uh, fresh because I don't like the online ones. And yeah. then that's it. I don't go to the shops again because, I, and that's again from that, I had three small kids getting them in and out of the car. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, if I never have, I go to the shop once a week, that, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> and that. yeah, that, that's us for the week. See, yeah, maybe Tara and I, we're just at the point and you're getting much closer to having more than one. Maybe when you have one, it's just a lot easier to be like, ah, oh, we'll just figure it yeah, out. Yeah, figure it out. When you have three, it's like a full, like, yes, you've got a yeah, team I think I've got there. to get more organized. You've got, a, you've got heads to count. You've got places to be. You just don't have time. Yeah. And just thinking about the one kid strapping, you're like, you got three. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, Bo, one is yeah, enough. And Elliot have moments where they don't oh. want to get in the car. And we're trying to use all these different tricks and hacks to like, without, you know, being physically, <laughs> like, forcing them in their seat. Yeah. And we're also in the car like a kangaroo yeah. yes like we're in that toddler age yeah. of like do you want to do it i'm gonna do it yeah i've, I've yes. used um we talked about it in a podcast a few weeks ago with morgan um a guest we had she was saying like if that choice doesn't work go to the next choice like just keep next choice like keep deterring <laughs> so like elliot and i like in this battle of choice and then i'm like all right five seconds mate yeah five seconds <laughs> That's your you're doing it or i'm doing it like, when i get to zero it's one of us <laughs> <laughs> anyway the joys of motherhood well That's thank it. you so much yeah. for joining us that was very informative yeah. we appreciate it chat. and where can thank people you find you if they're looking for you or uh, so on insta i'm whole child co au yeah um or my website www.wholechildco.com.au or hello at wholechildco.com.au if you want to email me Perfect. Perfect. And I will add all that info into the show notes as well. Um, but thank you so much. It's been really, like, yeah, insightful. Yeah, it's great. Happy to chat. It's great. Thank right. you. See you next